Today we celebrate the most important day in the history of Christianity, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We celebrate the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, became Jesus, the Son of Man. We celebrate the fact that this God-man not only lived and died, but that three days after his death, he was resurrected, and it's his resurrection that validates our salvation. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 14 through 18, he said, if Christ has not been raised, he said, then our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. He writes, if Christ has not been raised, you are still guilty of your sins. And those who have died believing in Christ are lost. You might say, well, pastor, how do we know for sure about the resurrection? How do we know for sure that Jesus came back to life? Well, let me give you three reasons. Number one, history records the resurrection. Number two, there was over 530 eyewitnesses that saw Jesus after his death. And number three, as the old song so beautifully says, you ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Listen, friend, I know Jesus lives because I have a personal relationship with him. Our theme today is God's love note. God's love note. How many of you remember writing or receiving love notes in elementary school? How many? I wrote my share. In fact, I can never remember not having a girlfriend. Remember those love notes we wrote in elementary? Those notes went something like this. I love you. Do you love me? If you do, check yes. And there was a little square. If not, check no. And we'd have our best friend hand the note to the one that we liked. I I remember liking a girl in the third grade. Her name was Debbie, I still remember, Debbie Bailey. Debbie was the prettiest girl I had ever laid eyes on. Now I hadn't met my wife yet. How'd I do with that, babe? I'm not kidding you, This, this little Third grade girl. She, she, she was the prettiest girl I'd ever, I'd ever seen. She had blonde hair. She had blue eyes. And, and she was pretty. And I remember liking her. And I remember asking through a friend for her to be my girlfriend. Third grade. She said yes through this friend. But I, I couldn't believe it. I'm, I'm as honest. I, I couldn't believe it. She, she was just too pretty. I mean, I mean, she could have any boys she wanted. And she said yes to me. She checked the yes box for me. Hear me this morning. Jesus is God's love note to us. God says through his son, I love you. Do you love me? And, and some people just cannot believe that God Almighty would love them, but he does. That he would choose them, but he has. Jesus is God's love note to man. Jesus, Jesus is God reaching out to man with his all-inclusive and unconditional 
love. Paul writes in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. He writes and he says, may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes with God. Today, I want us to examine the incomprehensible love of God. I want to make four statements about God's love this morning. And the first statement I have this morning is this. It was manifested by the Heavenly Father manifested by the heavenly father john three sixteen. we all know it by heart for god so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son so that whoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life here's what we need to understand and that is the process for our salvation began in the heart of the father Now, you know, when you think about salvation, don't forget to remember who initiated the process. Thank God for Jesus. And that's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And thank God for Jesus. And thank God for his part in the process of salvation. But don't overlook God the Father. Because without him and without his heart for the lost, all salvation would simply be impossible. As a father myself, I can't even fathom the love that it would take to let go of my one and my only son. I went to LifeGate Church last night, my son's church in Burleson. I listened to him preach. I looked up at him, such a handsome young man, such an incredible anointing and blessing. And I thought of him and I thought about him being my son. And I want to tell you, friend, there's just no way I could even fathom what it would take for me, oh, to to release my son, send him to a horrendous death for a cruel world to an undeserving people. That's exactly what our Heavenly Father did for us. We're talking about God's love right now. It was manifested by the Heavenly Father. It was then maximized by the Son. John 15 and 13 says, there's no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus, who was totally innocent, would die for man who was totally guilty. But listen, what Jesus did for us was not limited to his death. And we think about that. We think about the cross and we think about the death. But, but, but what Jesus did for us was far more than his death. See, Jesus tasted every human emotion and experience. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, Jesus understands our weaknesses for he faced everything that we face, yet he never sinned. So when we think about Jesus and his sacrifice for our sins, yes, we immediately go to the cross. We immediately think about the cross. But the truth is, his whole life was a sacrifice. See, before his birth in Bethlehem's manger, he was was in heaven with the Father. He was the Son of God. That came with all of the rights and all of the privileges of God. 
See, see before, before Jesus came to this earth as the Son of God, he had never experienced want. He had never experienced need or pain or rejection. He had never experienced heartache or disappointment or the negative list could go on and on and on. When the Son of God became the Son of Man, his whole world changed, pun intended. And his death was not just any old death. It would be death by by crucifixion. The most painful death known at the time. Not not just a death, but but a process of unmatched torture. The executioners were were professionally trained men. They were taught precisely, exactly where to place the body on the cross, where to place the hands, where to place the nails, where to place the feet. They were trained in order to ensure the maximum amount of pain and suffering. Oh, Oh, listen, the cross was designed for torture. No doubt those being crucified would literally go out of their mind insane before they died because of the excruciating pain and suffering they experienced. But if this was not enough for Jesus to have to endure, added to his torture was the fact that he, who was 100% pure, 100% holy, 100% sinless, that he would have to endure the sin of every single person who would ever live, past, present, and future. God would somehow supernaturally gather up every single sin and place them in a giant barrel and then pour those sins on Jesus. Every horrendous ungodly, vulgar, as bad as you can think of a sin that could be committed was somehow in that barrel of sin that had to be dumped on the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah said it. He said in Isaiah 53 and 6, the Lord has poured on him the sins of us all. The fact is, the worst part of the crucifixion was not the nails in his hands and the nails in his feet. It was not the crown of thorns on his head. It was not the spear that was thrust in his side. It was not the excruciating physical pain. The worst part of all was that barrel of sin. That cup of Gethsemane where before the cross, Jesus agonized in prayer for three solid hours, begging his father if there would be any other way, could he not have to drink the cup? The Bible says he was in such agony that his sweat turned into great drops of blood. We're talking about God's love note today. Jesus is God's love note to man. He is God reaching out to man to reconnect to a people who disconnected with him. This love note was manifested by the heavenly father. It was maximized by the son. And number three, it was mandated for salvation. Hebrews 9 and 22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. 
The love of the Father and the love of the Son motivated them to pay the required cost of our salvation, which was the life and death and resurrection of the perfect Son of God. His blood poured out on the cross. The old hymn of the church said it best, what can wash away my sin? (laughs) Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Friend, our life was dependent on his death. We're talking about God's love note this morning, which is, which is his son, Jesus. We're describing God's love today. It was manifested by the heavenly father. It was maximized by the son. It was mandated for salvation. And number four, it is miraculous in power. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39, Paul again, he says, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. What can? Nothing can separate us from God's love. He writes, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. He continues to write, he says, no power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I don't know, perhaps the greatest force known to man is the power of God's unconditional love. His love is manifested through Jesus. Let me suggest three things Jesus offers us because of his love. First of all, Jesus offers hope. Hope. Jesus offers hope. Hope. Listen, listen, if man ever needed hope, it's today, right? It's today. With all that is going on in our world right now, the hatred, the violence, the inflation, the uncertainty, oh, the lying, the scheming, the deception. The pandemic reminded us of just how quickly our world can change. Just how vulnerable everything is. And how divided we are. Is there any hope? Is there any hope? Oh, the doom and gloom speaker says there's not. But Jesus says there is. Paul writes, and this is my new favorite verse. (laughs) I'll have another new one next Sunday, but this is my favorite one right now. Paul writes in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, he says, he says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear what Paul said? He said that we can be filled completely with joy and with peace. How is this possible? Is it possible? Paul says it is. 
He says that God is our source of joy. God is our source of peace. Listen, friend, if you don't have joy and if you don't have peace this morning, the reason is because you forget who your source is. Your source is not the government. Your source is not the economy. Your source is not your bank account. Your source is not your job. Your source is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul says that God is our source of joy and peace. And he says because God is our source, Paul says we can possess confident hope. Oh, hear me this morning, friends. You can choose to be anxious and fearful and hopeless if you want. You can believe the biased mainstream news sources on both sides of the fence if you want. You can buy into the latest conspiracy theory if you want. You can work yourself up into a frenzy. You can wring your hands and walk the floor at night or say or. Or you can place your trust oh, and your confidence in Jesus who is not only the author, but my Bible tells me that he is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. Jesus offers hope in the most hopeless situations. Will you choose to look around you or choose to look above you? God's love is miraculous in power. Jesus offers hope. But not only does Jesus offer hope, but Jesus offers help. He offers help. The psalmist wrote in Psalm chapter 20 and verse number one and two, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of God protect you and may he send you help from the sanctuary and may he give you support from Zion. Isaiah 44 and two says the Lord who made you will also help you. Have you ever reached out to the Lord for help? Have you? I have. I can tell you how many times that I've cried out to God and I've said to God, Lord, I need your help in this one. God, this is above my pay grade. This is beyond my wisdom. Listen, listen, many times during the pandemic, trying to pastor people on both sides of the fence, being pulled in opposite directions, trying to keep us balanced. I cried out to the Lord for help. And I said, God, I need your help because this one is telling me this and this one is telling me that. And the experts don't seem to be very experty. I need your help. And he heard me. I think look around and you'll say he heard. We're still together. Amen. Most of us. Amen. I remember when we were building this building, when we would come up against unforeseen problems. How many know the architect can build, can write things that builders can't build? <laughs> and I'll tell you something else. You can plan the perfect building, and I thought I had, and I think I did. And then the city gets involved. Our biggest problem, I hope they're not listening, (laughs) to building this building was the city of Arlington. They took some of my great ideas and messed with them. And messed a couple of them up. 
You might point at one or two things in the bill and say, why did you do this? I didn't intend to. <laughs> Wasn't my plan. Wasn't on my plan. I can't tell you how many times I'd get a phone call from the builder and Paul would call me and he'd say, Pastor, I need you over to the builder. We got a problem. About twice a week for nine months. We got a problem. Houston, we have a problem. He's the builder. Not trying to toot my own horn, trying to toot the horn of the Lord. I can't tell you how many times the builder did not solve the problem. I solved the problem. But really, I didn't solve the problem. I said, Lord, what do we do? And the Lord would give me an idea. And I'd say, Paul, what do you think about that? He said, I like it. I like it. Have you ever called on God for your help? Amen. Are you trying to do life by yourself? Are you trying to do everything on your own? Listen, you're going to mess things up. It's not going to work very well for you. I'm telling you that the Lord, the Lord wants to be your helper. But not only does he offer hope, and not only does he offer help, but, but Jesus offers healing. Yes. Isaiah 53 and 5 said, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Yes. See, Jesus not only paid the price for our salvation, but also he paid the price for our healing. He was whipped with 39 lashes on his back in order to purchase our healing, our total healing. Not just physical, but mental and emotional as well. The pandemic and especially the sheltering in place caused a lot of emotional trauma. The emotional needs of today are literally off the charts. But Jesus offers healing. I said, Jesus offers healing. I'm asking you this morning, have you reached out to him? He's reaching out to you today through this message and by his Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm talking about God's love note today. Jesus is God's love note. Jesus is God reaching out to man. Saying, I love you. Won't you love me? I love you. I love you so much. Jesus said that I emptied myself of God, my God privileges and rights. And I clothed myself in humanity. And I walked 33 years in the sandals of man. And I tasted every heartache, hurt, pain, every experience, every difficulty, everything that you would experience, Jesus says, I experienced it. And then I walked up that lonely hill called Calvary. And when this world asked me how much I loved them, I stretched my arms out on the cross and said, this much, this much. Takeaway for the message this morning is our response to God's love note will determine our eternal destiny. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word this morning. God, not the sermon, but God, the the actual word of God that has been shared, the gospel. God, let it 
do its work today in Jesus' name.